Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy Final Sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Kia ora and welcome to The Run Home on SENZ this Friday, the 15th of July. Kim Downs with you alongside Stephen Donald. And I reckon this might be about the most excited that we've been on a Friday so far. In our tenure, I think, without a doubt there, Kim, it's a, uh, it's a massive weekend ahead of us. Obviously, the All Blacks game is, you know, it's, I guess, it's, as we've talked about, one of the most anticipated for quite some time. I don't even want to delve into the scenarios of what it could be if it doesn't go our way. But I've, I've just got a feeling that this All Black team might just come out with that forward pack as long as Whitelock plays, I think it's a massive inclusion. Uh, I think they could come out and get back to the pack that did such a good job in uh, Eden Park in Test 1 with the added, I guess, oomph, attitude, I guess, mongrel of a Nepo Lalala up front too. I just, I'm excited by it. And then there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. There's about three other massive Test matches. The Warriors are on tonight, so it's, uh, it doesn't get much bigger as far as a weekend of sport goes, does it? When is the last time you think you felt this level of anticipation for a rugby test involving the All Blacks? Because I was thinking World Cup for me. World Cup 2019. Yeah, that's what I was going back to. Yeah, I... Has there been a Lions tour since? No. That no, was there hasn't. That, was, that was 2017. I was pretty pumped for the Ireland-France games on the end of year tour last year, but not like this. No, I was a little bit, I was a little bit, you know, blase with those ones because, you know, there's the whole, they've been on tour for three months. So how much of that actually played into their own psyche? But this one here is just massive. And it's funny because I get the feeling it could go either way. Like it could be this massive tight struggle for either team to get out on top. Or it could be just, no, no, we're clearly, we're a notch above you, bang. 20 points on you sort of thing. Here's 20 points on you and, you know, we're up by comfortable at half time sort of thing and then the bench comes on and does a real job. So it's it's just so many things swirling around in your head. Little RTS hat trick in the last 10, see how it goes. Wouldn't that be nice if uh, (laughs) RTS can come on with some real freedom? And really enjoy himself. That would be nice. Uh, We are, of course, this Friday taking your beaver's best. So if you have a little inkling about how you think things might go, or if you've got a little inkling about something more specific within the game, or any other game this weekend for that matter, do text them into us, double eight double three. This is for our beaver's best, the four-league multi. We choose three. And by that I mean... Beef chooses three. You're in safe hands there. Uh, you choose one, and if we pick yours, 50 bucks on it, and you get the winnings if we win. Uh, it's about time we did win. I don't think I've had a win yet, which is upsetting. Haven't you? No, and it's been a couple of months now. Oh, it hasn't been that long. Um, but yes, I think I think we could. <laughs> I think we could get a win for you this weekend. Okay, I'm relying on you here, Beef. Um, I've got a win for you too. Um, we've got our five o'clock sorted. Just- oh. 
Right. I, you, I know you're just about to read the Macca's menu. I was, but so, that's all right. You you go first. No, no, no. No, just well, no, because it. it'll it'll. I'm looking forward to including it. You just Beeve's include been Beeve's been beavering away. Ha 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 ha. Uh, Lovely play. Sorting out. Thank you. Um, this is why they hired me. <laughs> sorting out some uh, some talent for just after five. Beeve, take it away. Who have we got? Oh, we've got Sky guy who works for Sky Sport. Um, no, not Mills Malina. No, not Joe Weber. Um, <laughs> Joe Weber. Joe Wheeler. Um, no, actually, uh, Anton Leonard Brown. Yeah, the Sky Sport pundit. Fantastic. Yeah. He used to play a bit of footy. Now, why is that why the name rings a bell? Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. makes sense. Well, he'll be great to talk to about RTS coming on in the last 10 and Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> scoring a hat trick. No, on our Mecca's menu for you this evening, we have Paul Moare from the TAB. We have Anton Leonard Brown to talk to us a little after five. Eason Athiwa as well uh, is going to be on the show. That's just after six. He's actually doing the commentary at the game for Sky Sport UK. And so he will have some pretty great insights, I think, from an Irish perspective. Of course, he spent a lot of time playing for Leinster. He did. Greg O'Connor from Harness Racing New Zealand as well. And we are hoping to talk a bit of FPC because all of a sudden that is starting as well. Farah Palmer Cup kicks off tomorrow. Whew, plenty on. That as well as the golf this afternoon. Ryan Fox teeing off at 5.30 in the second round of the British Open. So that'll be good. Did you get to watch much of that? I did watch a little bit. I watched some early doors. And then uh, last night I switched over there late last night when I couldn't get, didn't go to bed too early. So I, uh, I watched a bit of the early stuff. So <laughs> we had Greg Turner on there last night, Kim, and was talking how, yeah, obviously it's the most amazing, prestigious golf tournament. But at times there it looks pretty brutal and, you know, mm. Windswept and again, you just look. <laughs> you know, when you watch American courses, it's all green, it's all this gliss and glamour, and then you see St Andrews, the home of golf, and gee, she looks at a rugged old track at times. <laughs> well, I just like that the way the courses um, and how long it can take or how short it can take means the golfers actually know that they're in for a really long day out on the course. I also enjoy because, of course, this is one of the big tests of the reception at these majors for the live golfers, guys yes. who have gone off and played in the Saudi-backed Rebel League. And so Ian Poulter, who is one of the more prominent faces of the live tour, steps up, is very audibly booed, goes on, makes this massive putt later in the game, and then se- uh, later in the round rather, and then afterwards is asked about the crowd reception. He's like, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Load of rubbish. Well, he's, he's Poulter's always been a little bit lived in his own world. Much like a lot of those guys that actually signed with for Liv, um, your Mickelsons, your Brysons. Um, but uh, Poulter's always sort of walked to his own uh, beat, so nothing would surprise me. He's a, did I see He's actually gone all right, hasn't he? I think he... He was about three under, I think. Yeah, he just up a fairly good opener. So, no, wonderful thing about it is all the big names of there or thereabouts. Except for Tiger. <laughs> Poor old Tiger. my heart's in there. Poor old Tiger. If you weren't keeping up with where everyone's placed on the British Open uh, after day one. So Ryan Fox was sitting tied for 35 at one under after day one, like I mentioned. Tees off at 5.30 for the second round this afternoon. Cameron Young, the American, is leading at eight under. That's a tidy first round, isn't it? Um, Rory McIlroy, pre-open favourite, sitting at second, six under. Tiger, six over. Tie for 146th. On a positive note, the great thing about Ryan Fox, that tea time, is they talk about how getting getting out there in the best conditions and, and obviously the wind's only going to get up as, mm-hmm. as the gate goes. So, 
yeah, it could be, uh, who knows where Ryan could be after two rounds. It's exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. I mentioned this uh, just before on the show to Steffi in the afternoon as well. What a week for his dad too. Grant Fox, last week as an All Blacks selector, his son's playing the British Open. That's just going to make, what, what if they clash tomorrow? Well, I was going to say, uh, Grant was probably hoping it was probably a week earlier, so yeah. he could actually get to the British Open. But uh, no, I mean, it's, yeah, the irony of it all. And obviously Foxy's had a long association both as a player and now a selector with the All Blacks, so real end of an era. Unless he, of course, goes again at some point. <laughs> and you never know. You never know. You never know. couple of texts in already. Thank you so much for your time. Might still be fizzing from that origin on Wednesday, but I think the All Blacks have to start a fight this weekend, regain some mana. They need to get stuck into Marnie. Hopefully Plumtree has had a word to retallic about throwing a few if required. It's a shame <laughs> Coles is on the bench. Now, the thing is about throwing a few... Yes. Uh, is that in rugby union, you will get sent off. And so mm. I just, I can understand, I can understand where you're coming from. I think that was Campbell. Um, but also you've got to be smart about this. Yeah, I reckon in the day for state of origin, and it may still happen today, they used to get given a bit of a heads up saying it's, it's fine, just as is. There'll be no ramifications. Do you reckon with all the hype and all the hoopla about this test match with all the, I guess, the little things that came out of test two, do you reckon World Rugby would have the guts or maybe guts isn't the right word, but I guess lateral thinking is to say, just send someone into both hotels, call a team meeting and say, boys, as you please this weekend. Do you reckon? No. No, okay. (laughs) No, because and this is where I really struggle because I think we all want to see what's best for the game, right, in terms of I thought you were going to say we all want to see violence. (laughs) No, (laughs) the opposite is where I was going with that. But we want to see what's best for the game in terms of interest, in terms of intrigue, in terms of viewing numbers, things like that. But in the same coin, we also don't want to see players getting injured. We don't want to see some of the things that we've seen in the NFL, for example. Um, And so I actually... I admire in many ways, given how much uh, backlash they get to some things, how World Rugby is stuck to its guns to a degree when it comes to monitoring this. I obviously do also think that it's gone probably too far in a certain direction, but I admire what they're trying to do rather than the kind of, you know, game-sanctioned brawl fest of origin as entertaining as it may be. So I'm on the fence. I get a bit torn. Did that Mm. make sense? Sure. It did, it did, it did. I mean, not in my world, but it did make sense. <laughs> just go for it? Yeah. Oh. You, you would quite like them to come into the hotel room and just say, fellas. This is, we can, we can answer State of Origin Wednesday with an absolute beauty here. The, the judiciary system is not working on Monday. <laughs> Sorry, world, world Rugby over in Dublin is asleep at that time still. Funny enough, I, haven't, I actually haven't got a job with World Rugby Kim, so I don't think it's any time coming soon. Uh, attitude's probably a little bit, little bit on either ends of a spectrum on where we need to take the game, but that's fine. 
I'm just I'm just waiting for you to keep digging yourself into some sort of hole there. But it didn't, it didn't come. No, nah, it didn't and come. I respect that. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a couple of good texts here because <laughs> it is Beaver's best day. And as Kim has rightfully said, we are due. Uh, Ireland, nine and a half point start at eighty-seven. It's going to be tight. Cheers, Matt from Blenheim. Yeah, don't mind that. eighty-seven. I think there's a lot of value in the old point starts. Uh, hi Kim and Beeve, don't worry, SNZ is nearly a year old and BB has come on twice. Oh, Beeve is best. Oh, come on, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. I No, I actually, that does make me feel better. Appreciate that. Uh, Beeve, do you think Ireland are over the odds? Part of Dave's question. Tell you what, it does seem funny that a team that won, and I'm going to say comprehensively last week, uh, close to, they're still they're well over three bucks. Three dollars. Yeah, yeah. well over three bucks. So, yeah, I think they are a bit over the odds, Dave. Um, Three seventy. But I guess there's a danger in the TAB offering the All Blacks at anything other than short because everyone will pile in on them. Um, Jeremy here, trend from race ten, number five, Barry Hyde, cute mare apparently. Uh, so she must be the goods. Um, I'll note that, Jeremy, and uh, run my eye over it myself. Uh, Ronnie, one for Beaver's Best. Ronnie is he still yes, he is still up at Ruakaka in the camper van. One for Beaver's Best at Ruakaka tomorrow. Race three, horse six, Bout Hill, top four at three sixty. That is juicy, Ron. Absolutely, I like the look of that. So keep them coming, team. We will uh, we'll get to a decision later in the show, but I got to say, Kim, I am one leg. I'll tell you right now. So if this turns you off, people and you don't believe in it, don't send in your... Danger zone. Beaver's best, but England will be a leg. England to what? Beat. Australia. Mm. Just head-to-head? Head? It hurts me to say it. It really hurts head me. Head-to-head? Yep. It hurts me to say it because we've got a lot of time for the Australian coach, but... Um, Dave, there's a reason that Beaver's best has only come through <laughs> twice in the last year. <laughs> well, you, you, you're on Aussie. Do you think Aussie will win? Well, I would like... To think so. I would like them because to Because I as as with you, I have a lot of time for Dave Rennie. Yes. Um oh. I can't see it after how dominant the English were for a while and the injuries numbers just keep stacking up for the Wallabies. I tell you what, interesting enough, just jumped on. Uh, the South African team. Unrecognizable from the one that they lost to Wales last week. It's back looking like a World Cup final team. Shocker. After mm. you suffer your well. I guess we can't talk, can we? After you suffer your first loss at home uh, to one of the Northern Hemisphere teams, which is something we can all, think, a feeling we can all relate to. Twelve. They've made eleven changes this week. Wow! Mm. Okay. And, and suddenly you'll recognise the Springbok team. That's handy. <laughs> you'll read through the read through the uh, first starting fifteen and go, oh, okay, yes. I've heard that name before. That's exactly. Good. That's nice. So there you go. Yeah, there are some big ones on this weekend, aren't there? I do think, as ever, as has been the case over the last couple of weeks, that uh, the England Australia holds a lot of intrigue. Packed out Sydney, SCG, isn't it? yeah, Full and that's SCG. cool. I mean, the SCG, what a venue! Yeah, um, <laughs> we're talking to Sean Maloney. Obviously, it calls the games in Aussie for. Um, I was going to say Spark, not Spark. Uh, Stan, Stan, Stan isn't Sport, it? Um, and he said. Wonderful, obviously, ECG sold out. He goes, actually, terrible viewing ground for rugby. Like, you're miles away. But um, the fact that it's at the ECG, packed out, what a wonderful occasion. And, you know, England, wherever they go in the world, have great fans, mm-hmm. plenty of expats. Well, it's about $40,000, isn't it? Which is actually pretty good for... I think for, it's north of that, isn't it? It's, well, regardless, then, it's yeah, pretty good yeah. for rugby 
In Australia. In Australia. Yep. Um, to be frank, I mean, this is, and New South Wales is pretty NRL dominant. Yes. So that's not bad either. Um, although it is where there is a lot of stronghold of, you know, Eastern suburbs, Sydney rugby, I suppose, over there. Um, great ground for AFL and cricket viewing, though. I've, I've, I've been on a tour for SCG as, you? as a youngster, but I've never actually uh, played or, or watched any sport there. Oh, it's um, it's not bad. So I used to live just up the road from the SCG well, when I was based in Sydney. Australian correspondent. That's right, that's right. Um, back at my peak. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what she means by that working with us on a Friday afternoon, Jacob. How do you take that? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that one cuts deep. I that mean, just because there's deep. no catchy sign-off like, that's Kimberly Downs, yeah. Australian Correspondent. Maybe we need that every, yeah. going into every break. I'm sorry, was that... It's a sign-off. Can you just try that one more time? Why? No, it was just it was we'll the sing-songy tone. Oh, sing-songy. <laughs> no, off. that's how you always used to sign off, wasn't it? Australian Correspondent. I know, it was, it was Kimberly Downs, One News Australia. Oh, okay. Well, Kimberly Downs, One News Sydney, actually. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I didn't, like expect, I didn't expect this conversation to go that way. No, I just you. wanted to praise the great qualities of the SCG, <laughs> and this is what happened. Anyway, we'll, go, we'll get back on track shortly. It's Friday. That's Friday, baby. Stay with us. This is how Beaver sees it. Well, Kim, after a week of a hell of a lot of comment, a hell of a lot of soul-searching internally, I'd imagine, I see the All Blacks winning this test. I look at the team that they've named, and that Ford pack to me, it's capable of stuffing the Irish. The inclusion again of Whitelock, Barrett back to six, Nepo la la la. They screwed their line out over at Eden Park with the three lock combo essentially. For all sorts of reasons, it makes winning your own line out ball a hell of a lot tougher. The other big thing it did for me up front was the fact that Ireland based a lot of their stuff around the driving moors or the threat of a driving moor well all of a sudden with Barrett at the six and guys who are genuinely prepared to get their heads in there Whitelock Retallick the Irish moor became non-existent and then the gain line and hey it could have been a one off but the inclusion of Barrett as a six and a ball carry around the corner meant all of a sudden the gain line we lived across it, and that allowed Bowden Barrett to pick and choose. It allowed Aaron Smith to get away from the rucks and pick up runners. He was inside balls to find a nuku and to Sever Reese, and they were playing to their own own hymn sheet there. Now, Nepo also adds a whole lot of mongrel. He adds an attitude which, the fact he's been sitting out for the last couple, I think will only be intensified. And I think to win this test against the Irish, it's going to come from an eight-man effort up front who will be stinging when you look across them all of them have got a little bit of a point to prove Artie had to watch last week Sam Kane's been the victim of a bit of a sledge that's been made public which I'm sure wouldn't sit well with him and then of course obviously Whitelock back in there the other thing when you look at the back line the back line they've selected and the back line that Ireland selected obviously New Zealand raised and, and early career Bundy Aki starts at second five who's been magnificent over his tenure since he's joined Ireland but in Havili in Will Jordan in Rico I feel there's a chance to exploit that there's agility and footwork that I don't know if Bundy 
can handle. And I saw from a look of free space that Rico got last week that they might just try and exploit maybe a lack of pace there now. I expect the island to feel full backlash tomorrow there, Kim. Man, I would say. That sort of thinking might be why the TAB has the All Blacks paying about a dollar not much. Yeah, for, for me, I just... I just I just could imagine what it's been like in there this week and the attitude that will just have been getting steeled and steeled and steeled every day. And, I mean, yeah, there's been wishy-washy dribble all talked about, coaches and this scenario and this scenario. They will have got bunkered down and it will be us versus the world this week and that will be the mentality. And you've got so many hard inventions up front there and you forget what a job they did on them up front in Eden Park. Mm. I mean, I forget because my second half got sabotaged by bumping into people on the concourse and I uh, didn't actually see much of it. <laughs> but the first half was all, all all power and that's what Barrett at six brings and that's why I thought that's the way we, we might head. And then just the not having Artie for the majority of Dunedin, they just lost that carrier. We were already down the, the bigger body in Barrett and suddenly Artie's not there who plays well above his own weight I just feel they're all back there. Discipline will be better this week as long as they keep some of them in check. Um, I, I can't see us losing any cards early. I just think I just think they're going to do a physical job up front on them. Right, we'll see if the uh, if the punting tendencies are uh, leaning with you there shortly after the news. I'm a puppet on a string Tracy Island Time traveling diamond Could a sheep heartaches They'll come to find you For in some velvet morning Years too late Welcome back to The Run Home on SENZ. Paul Moare from the TAB joins us now. Perfect timing, Paul. Couldn't be better because I think a lot of us are pretty anxious to hear what's happening in the terms of the All Blacks Ireland test tomorrow night. A couple of uh, comments already, mate, that maybe, maybe the Irish are paying a bit much at the moment. We'll call him back shortly. Clearly a, a slight issue there. He might have taken offence to me calling out the... Um, the bookies. Calling out the bookies you're so early on. You're essentially attacking his co-workers. Um, I hope it's you been realize. a bit of that this afternoon, hasn't there? Already. There's been some attacks, no doubt about it. <laughs> Coming in hot by 4.30. That's okay. Um, we'll hope to have him back on the line very shortly. Just a reminder of what that was, because I couldn't believe when I first looked at it. So New Zealand paying a dollar twenty-seven, Ireland three dollars seventy in that head-to-head. Now, you're fairly confident of Nor Blake's victory tomorrow night. Would you be that confident? Yep. Oh, well, there you go yep. then. Um, <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just sit back down. No worries. <laughs> no, but I'm not. You know, I, I genuinely think that I would have thought that'd be shorter. So, yeah. I'll be I'll be fascinated. I mean, it's just such a fascinating game, isn't it? The points start. I think mean, one of our listeners already texted in the nine and a half. I don't know. It's tough to know where to go on the point start. I often see good value in point starts, but geez, it's a, it's an interesting scenario. You weren't tempted for any sort of point start for your uh, England Aussie call last week. I went to the se- the seven, and it wasn't enough. So no, I just think straight England on that one. 
I tell you what, there's a bit of value around Argentina at a dollar seventy seven. Surely they bounce back at home. You would think. <laughs> you you would think. But I I fear with Argentina, if there is one thing that's consistent, it's inconsistency. Inconsistency, correct. So I certainly look, if I was in charge of Beaver's Best, yes. I probably wouldn't be willing to go there purely on that basis alone. But well, that's just me. I'm I'm probably quite a conservative type, to be fair. Have you got anything for me then? Have I got anything for you? Yes. Um, in the name of conservatism? It screams no. Well, yeah, no. I mean, New Zealand is still paying a dollar nineteen to beat Ireland in the cricket. There you go. Now that seems a bit short. Well, it's just to get a leg home. <laughs> it's just to get a leg home. No, I'm meaning as far as do we deserve to be? We have... Yeah. Okay. Return yeah. a lot. I mean, look... Don't get me wrong. The first one, Daya, bit close for comfort. The second one, still a bit close for comfort, but not as close. So that's okay. As long as Michael Bracewell is playing, I think we'll be fine. Hasn't he turned into Mr. Dependable at the moment? Goodness gracious, has he what? Um, couldn't be happier for him, though. Nice guy, been chipping away, chipping away, dominant on the domestic scene for a while now. So it's it's good even, you know, in a in a tour that's maybe not getting a huge amount of publicity. It's good to see him being able to perform at that level regardless. Absolutely. Now, as far as a little bit power play, New Zealand to win both halves at $2. If you think New Zealand's going to win, they're winning both halves, aren't they? Well, not necessarily. I think if they win, they're winning both halves. <laughs> I might have just found another leg to the uh, Beavers' best, folks. They might be joining England. Well, before you get too carried away there, um, I do believe Paul is with us now, so he can talk us through what's... What's happening in those markets? Paul, you there? G'day, Kim. G'day, Beaver. G'day, mates. We've been... While you've been uh, getting your cup sorted from your end and our string line here, we've been talking all things all-black test match. Kim thinks, are Ireland over the odds at 370? Uh, Yeah, and uh, a lot of punters would agree with Kim, to be fair. Uh, We had the Irish at $4 yesterday. Uh, and the amount of cash that continues to come uh, for Ireland to win the big match tomorrow night at the Tinney House here in Wellington, uh, just conti- <laughs> it, it, it's very, very hard to stop. Um, I, I can understand as well, I, I can understand the support that the Irish are getting. They changed their game plan in that second test. Um, I, I think their forwards dominated the all-black pack, uh, they, and their tackling was superb. Their defence was very, very good. So I can understand why we're taking money on the Irish. We Look, we have taken money on the All Blacks as well, but the money we've taken on the Irish, there's a significant liability on Ireland if they do win. Now, usually in All Black tests, we take a whole heap of money in the last two or three hours in the lead-up to the test. I'm not sure we're going to take enough to balance this book before we get there. So Ireland are a, a terrible result for us at the moment, and I don't think that's going to change by the time we get to a kickoff tomorrow at around, what, 7.05 tomorrow night. Now, we've got a backing black promotion on that uh, third test. Place a pre-match first try score a bet on any all black, and if, he, uh, and if your player doesn't score the first try, we'll refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet head to the TAB website and the Punters Lounge to check out all the T's and C's, but 
place a pre-match first-try score a bet on any All Black, and if your player doesn't score the first try, we'll refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. That's, I think that's a good way of having a fairly safe bet. Good stuff, I like that. Don't think we can include that in Beaver's Best, though, can we? Possibly. No, no. <laughs> keep Beaver away from the keep power play. Well, no, I, I, I wanted to bring up the power players. What do you see? Is there any clear standout that's a favourite with the punters at the moment? Funnily enough, there is, yeah. Any player to receive a red card at $4 <laughs> has been very, very well paid. <laughs> and I guess, I, guess, I guess the way that matches uh, are officiated these days, um, there's a very, very good chance that there will be uh, a red card in the match, and I can understand why punters are having a little bit of a go. So that is the most popular power play at the moment, any player to receive a red card. Another one that has seen a wee bit of sort of uh, support as well is Sebu Reese or Will Jordan to be the first try scorer and the All Blacks to win at $5. Not bad. They're all good options actually there, Kim. I'm still trying to get over how the fact that Islands 2 has taken them from the uh, glass house to now to the tinny house. I've never heard <laughs> I've never heard the cake tin described as that, but I like it. Uh, of course, our beloved Warriors, Paul, back in action tonight. Yeah, they certainly are. Um, they're up against it, though, uh, taking on the Parramatta Eels. We've got the Parramatta Eels as 17.5-point yeah. favourites Oof. there. Um, but, but look, that's drifted out slightly as well. Um, but that hasn't stopped the Warriors supporters. They get stuck into the Warriors head-to-head at $5.85 to win that match. Uh, there's also a number of Warriors faithful who are getting into the Warriors plus 17. And that does seem like a huge line. I mean, I know the Warriors have got a few sort of COVID problems and a few players out and that. Um, but 17 and a half, surely they they showed enough in their homecoming when they came back to Mount Smart um, and, and put the Tigers to the sword. Surely they showed enough there to suggest that they'll be able to keep this game at least closer than that 17.5-point line that the bookies have given them. And punters have uh, recognised that. They're starting to back them plus 17.5 at the line. Is Tohu Harris, he hasn't been affected by the COVID, has he? He's still starting up front. I, I saw that as a bit of an interesting selection at the start of the week. I, I'm not sure. I, I've, I've seen some question marks around his name, so... I'm not sure if he is start. I haven't officially. I haven't seen anything to say that he's out yet. Um, but there were some rumours that he may not be playing. So oh, I don't know uh, where you. I don't know where you go with that. There's nothing official that I've seen. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, I mean, you'd like to think they can build on the back of um, and the golf has. What's changed there? Of, I'm, I'm sitting on a few power plays that I'd like. Uh, I'd like to see a bit more from my, my main man, JT, to come into the uh, consideration. Well, at the moment, it's all about uh, one player, Rory McElroy. He was our pre-tournament favourite. It was around $11 before the tournament started yesterday. Uh, he's now into $4 to win the Open Championship. He currently sits in second place, two, uh, two shots behind overnight leader Cameron Young at $8, and who is currently paying $8.50. And don't forget the Aussie, Cameron Smith. He's another shot back of Rory McIlroy at five under. He's paying $8 to win the Open Championship. Rory McIlroy has been very, very popular with punters, as has, no surprises, Ryan Fox. He was around $51 before the tournament uh, started. 
He what carded a one under in that first round. He's now out to $101. Still a few keen Kiwi punters out there willing to back Ryan Fox at $101. Um, but really, the action at the top of the leaderboard, Rory McIlroy, is a terrible, terrible result. I'll tell you, if, if the Irish win uh, tomorrow night and Rory McIlroy wins the <laughs> Open Championship, it'll be a sad day down here at headquarters in Petone on Monday. <laughs> Now, speaking of Rory, for those of us who are perhaps slightly more conservative in our thinking when we go about this, $1.62 for a top five finish doesn't seem too bad to me. Have you had much action in that area? Yeah, we certainly have. In fact, we took quite a bit on Rory McIlroy before the tournament started to have a top five finish, to have a top 10 finish, to have a top 20 finish. So for punters who like to have a wee bit of, I guess, insurance, Maybe he's not going to win, but I think he's going to do uh, fairly well. They really do like taking those top five, top ten, top twenty finishes, and he has been well uh, backed in all of those markets as well. So, yeah, yeah Kim, you've recognised something there. The dollar sixty-two on Rory McIlroy to have a top five finish. He, you, he loves St Andrews. Um, he's he's got a he's got a very good record uh, in Open Championship. It looks like he's back to his best. I'd put that dollar sixty-two in a number of multis over the weekend. Oh, I think he—he just—he looked so good. He was swinging freely. The putter was uh, working for him. Um, he could get off to a quick start today uh, and leave this field behind. So, yeah, Rory McIlroy, dollar sixty-two in the top five market. Maybe one to put in some of your multis over the weekend. Sensational stuff, Paul. Thank you very much. You should see my face. It's very smug right now. Beeb's rolling his eyes, but that's fine. Not enough for me, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Mawari there from the TAB. Appreciate your time. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. That is R18. In today's Voltaren Rapid 25 wrap-up. Today's Voltaren Rapid 25 wrap-up. We refer to friend of the show... Irish rugby reporter Michael Corcoran, who has had a few things to say about New Zealand supporters in the wake of the loss over the weekend in Dunedin. Here's what he had to say. The word I heard used, which was a good one, was that their attitude was a bit salty, is what he said of the All Blacks faithful. Salty is a very good word. He's a journalist, you expect that. It's not something that happens very often in terms of them losing matches at all, let alone losing matches at home. There's a tendency down here to blame everything and anything except the people who were responsible. They've got to look at themselves. Fair beef? What, what's part of that? What, what does that mean to break down? Um, Do you think New Zealand supporters are salty and lay the blame elsewhere after a loss? Oh, no, not if you've been listening to the show. Um, the plane's been going very much at the All Blacks. Um, I mean, I, I get I get. there's a, I won't say a perception, I think in a lot of people's eyes it's it's valid, but there's, there's certainly, from the rest of the world towards New Zealand, there's a degree of opinion that we can be arrogant as far as dismissive, of a lot of the other teams, and therefore that's when things like when they get their chance, the boot will come in. And uh, I can imagine Michael's probably bumped into a few fans, and yeah, I can imagine that he's hearing that it was no one else's fault but the referees and the red cards and, and all the rest of it. So 
of of being at World Cups, and you've been at World Cups when things haven't played out well for us. And, oh, uh, memories. And, you know, it, it, I had a tour, and it took a few days to pump the tyres back up on the tour there for a while after mm. the semi-final in Japan. So uh, I certainly un- understand the passion of the All Black supporters, and uh, when it doesn't go right, they are certainly got their opinions. Because at the end of the day, this is a country that's educated on rugby. The man down the street knows what he's talking about, you know, so therefore the opinions are usually fairly frank and uh, forefront. And I can envisage as well a few of the Irish journos sitting here, you know, maybe holding up at a pub one night and just taking in the conversation around them. And I can imagine that that probably did come across to a degree as salty if they were talking about the All Blacks. Oh, I don't think this week could be described as anything probably other than salty. Um, <laughs> so, so a friend of the show, Michael Corker, and you might be bang on here. Probably bang on. Um, and we've seen saltiness all through our text machine all week. So let's hope that we don't have to see it next week because the All Blacks have a resounding victory in what I thought was the cake tin. But now I'm not so sure. Similarly, I thought it was all about baking. <laughs> cake tin. Some sort of baking, <laughs> And I think that's the perfect place to leave it for your Voltaren 25 Rapid Wrap-Up. Don't let back pain get in the way. Get fast relief with Voltaren Rapid 25. Read the label, use as directed. If symptoms persist, see your doctor. Incorrect use may be harmful. Do not use if you have stomach ulcers. GSK Auckland. Found you. Rugby, 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 rugby is what we are talking here on the run home on SENZ. Not surprising, given what is coming up this weekend. Coming up on the show tonight, we have Anton Leonard-Brown, injured All Blacks midfielder, hopefully well on his way back on his rehab journey, Beef. Yeah, he's, he's certainly out of a sling and he's in the weight room and, and what have you. So, yeah, it be interesting. Maybe we could ask him where he's back and if he's, uh, if he's a rugby field in sight just yet. Mm, that would be good. Uh, he'll be on the show very shortly, in fact, not long after five. We are also getting a bit of an Irish-ish perspective from Eason Athiwa shortly after six this evening. He is commentating that game for Sky Sport UK. Spent a long time uh, playing for Leinster, very familiar with the Irish rugby scene, so should have some great insights. Uh, and then while Beaver was beavering away, lining up Anton Leonard Brown to come on the show, I was also doing some work myself. Well done. Uh, thanks. Thanks. A rarity. Nice change. Um, And pleased to let you know that we will have Eloise Blackwell, the Blackburns lock uh, and Auckland Storm lock on the show. That's at 6.30. I'm looking forward to hearing that because we've actually got a tip for Beaver's Best on uh, the Storm minus five and a half. So I want to find out, not that she'll tell us, whether I should take that. (laughs) I look forward to seeing the response when you ask, though. That'll be fantastic. You never know. You never know. All right, time for Johnny Mac with the news. Kia 
ora, welcome in, welcome back to the run home on SENZ with Kim and Beeve. Great to have your company this Friday evening, the 15th of July. It has just gone four past 5pm, so hope wherever you are, your Friday uh, is officially done and dusted work-wise. Uh, maybe popping a wee beer, we're about to in the not-too-distant future, Beeve, as we get well and truly into figuring out what is going to happen in Wellington at the Cake Tin or the Tinny House, depending on what you want to call it, tomorrow night. Yeah, I just I wish I had more time with Paul after he identified the Tinny House, and obviously we found out during the week that the Needham's the glass house. What's Eden Park? Um, the garden. Fa- the gar- it's just the garden. There's no house. The <laughs> garden is, house? It, it is the garden, and all of a sudden, join the dots. It's a concerning concerning theme there for New Zealand's major <laughs> stadiums. But anyway, we'll park that Crazy thinking. Uh, from Simon, Beaver's best, like Mitch Moses, a try and try assist in power play at 4.50. Do like it. Simon, not bad. Mitch Moses, known try scorer, and he's in his, every game he's going to lay on a try assist, isn't he? And that's against our beloved Warriors tonight. So, uh, Simon, yes, that will get due consideration. Uh, Michael, just letting us know that, of course, as we've mentioned, and we are touching on it later on after six, the Farrah Palmer is up and running this weekend. Particularly interesting this year. Not that it's not always interesting, but given the proximity to the Rugby World Cup and knowing, Wayne Smith has said on multiple occasions now, that those selectors will be keeping a close eye on the FPC as they look to whittle down their squad for the World Cup at the end of the year. We've uh, we've touched on the fact that there's races at Ruakaka tomorrow and uh, Michael from Omaru has mentioned he likes... Race seven, number four, Jodine Gal, money for jam to put on Ireland. I well, get to win early, and then he's uh, putting it on Ireland like that. We will uh, we will look into that. Craig says the outhouse, oh. Freedom Park. Now Craig also messaged earlier, <laughs> and we we didn't <laughs> we didn't get to it, but also had a very good call. Uh, I liked it from Craig earlier. Kia ora, amigos. B's best mirrors my punting career exactly. Ambitious yet very rarely successful. <laughs> I tell you what, we might actually, he won't be able to give us an all black one because it's a little bit controversial in today's world, but we might actually get the next guest to uh, flick us a tip too. He's usually uh, got his eye across a few few bets for the weekend, so uh, it wouldn't be a bad shout. Beavers and uh, Anton's best. I haven't made that work. Uh, don't, don't worry, I, I'll have to sign off on it, so it'll be still very much Beaver's best, but uh, I'll have to sign on it, but he, he might have one sitting in his back pocket just for the weekend. Speaking of, though, it is time to, uh, just kidding. It's Macca's menu time. It's Macca's menu time. It is time to look at your Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery. Coming up on the show tonight, we have Anton Leonard-Brown, who will be joining us very shortly. We're also talking to Issa Nathiwa from Wellington, and Eloise Blackwell Blackfern joins us a little bit later on in the show as well. Now, though, uh, it is time, I believe, officially, I'm being handed a can opener, so I assume that means I'm right this time, to pop a beer with beef brought to you by O'Hagan's in the Viaduct. And today we're popping a beer. Just like that. With Anton Leonard-Brown. Anton, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Just uh, I'm wondering where the grins are. Well, by beer we mean grins, of course, here, Anton. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So you you like Anton? I'll, I'll paint you a picture. Beef walked into the office today, and he is wearing one of your grins hats. 
and it's it's black and yeah. it's white and it's got a bit of blue in it, uh, which I believe oh, represents yeah. one of your products. And he's wearing a black T-shirt and matching blue shorts. So he is going all out in the product endorsement. Oh, yeah, that's what he does for the brand. He's all run. <laughs> we're lucky to have him. <laughs> Now, Anton, before we, before we get on to the main reason we've actually got you on, uh, not just a product endorsement because uh, the uh, beankeepers here at uh, SNZ will start to count uh, how much I actually owe them for these uh, free plugs for Grins yeah. on Air. Um, Fair enough, too. Have you, enough too. have you got any uh, tips for Beavers Best this weekend? We need to find a few multis winners, of course, uh, a few wow. leaks. Have you got anything that's uh, circling your mind uh, this weekend? You know what? Norm- normally I would, but I honestly I, I couldn't give you anything. I haven't I haven't heard of anything. I haven't looked at anything, so I can't help you there. Sorry. No, it's all right. Um, as wonderful interview from Anton Little Brown. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anton, dare, dare I suggest we start talking some rugby? That might be outrageous of me on a Friday, but we could. We could Probably do it. Get there. That might be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. First of all, the uh, the obvious question this Friday, big test tomorrow. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, naturally after a loss, um, you know, the All Blacks will be very disappointed and, you know, you get all the armchair critics that come out and um, obviously there's, there's a lot said in the media, but um, oh yeah, I'm expecting the boys hit back tomorrow and uh, there would have been a lot of edge during the week and that's something that you, you try to create every week is, is something that we call edge but obviously naturally after a, lot, a loss there's a lot of it um, so you know I'm expecting the boys to be you know really really sharp tomorrow and um, and make a statement but also you know respecting what Ireland can bring obviously they're, they're a great side um, you know and you know it's probably one of the best Irish sides there's ever been so you know you, you got to respect them as a team but you know I'm backing the boys to, to do a job. You mentioned those armchair critics Anton do you think this group would be more about kind of just tuning it out or taking it on board and using it to to help them with that edge that you mentioned? Yeah I think you know there's um, you know a lot of good management around the All Blacks you know Gilbert Noak is one of them that sort of helps us you know, process, you know, all the outside noise and it's nothing that a lot of those boys wouldn't be used to. Obviously, um, you know, with the All Blacks, uh, it comes with, uh, I guess, great privilege but also great responsibility as well. So, um, you know, there's a big bulk of that group that's experienced losses before that has been a part of weeks like this. So, you know, it's, it's all about trusting the process, Um you know, backing what we're good at. And, you know, they would have learnt a lot from game two and um, I'm sure they'll impl- implement that tomorrow night. Anton, you spoke about the uh, edge, which obviously naturally created this week after an all-black loss. When you look at that Ford pack that they've named, that's I don't know, you know me, I'm not that excited by Ford play, but, geez, I'm excited <laughs> by that pack. It's uh, It's got a bit of everything. It's got the, the three locks, I guess, back playing that uh, did so well at Eden Park and, and a former teammate of both ours at the Chiefs, Nepo Laulala, who naturally brings a bit of an edge himself. It's uh, <laughs> There's something to his forward pack that yeah. looks quite tasty as far as a team that's going to go out and try and do a job on uh, Saturday night in there. Yeah, no, it does look good. Obviously, you know, yourself and myself, Steve, we're back, so <laughs> we don't know a lot about the forwards. But I think, um, 
you know, obviously Sam Whitelock, uh, second most capped All Black, he'll bring great experience and it's it's needed needed experience in a week like this and you know Scooter uh, Scott Barrett, he's just the absolute machine and um, I think you know around the ruck tomorrow night it's going to be really crucial. You know if we can get quick ball, then um, we're away. But uh, if if our ruck gets slowed down, then that's when we run into trouble. And and someone like Scott Barrett, he's just going to you know he's he's a clean out machine. So and him him goes and Sammy Whitelock. So having them on the park is crucial for us. Have you noticed, obviously, you're doing a bit of work uh, at these games for the TV. Have you noticed, obviously, usually you're out there in the thick of things and, you've, and you're sort of uh, going along with it. When you're actually watching and you're seeing the collisions and what have you, do you often think, geez, I play that. How do I survive that sometimes? Because uh, it, when you're live down sort of pitch side like you are at the moment, the collisions are massive, aren't they? Yeah, it's yeah, no, you're exactly right. And even when I'm, you know, on the bench, sometimes you've got to run on <laughs> in, the, in the second half, and you're like, oh, that, uh, that looks really sore. Uh, <laughs> once you're out, once you're out there, you're fine. But yeah, there, there are some massive collisions, and you do question why you do it. <laughs> but but what, but once you're out there, obviously all the adrenaline kicks in, and and you're away, and Obviously, Beav, you love the show and go and get into mm. contact, so it's <laughs> never an issue for you. <laughs> yeah, I certainly wondered why I did it. <laughs> well, and on that, it kind of raises um, quite a couple of pertinent points, really. First off, um, in an area of, of real expertise for you, which is the midfield, and secondly, on sitting around on the bench watching this go down and wondering, oh my gosh, what am I getting into here? Because, of course, Roger Tuivasa Sheik is down to make his debut off the bench at the moment, uh, tomorrow night. What do you expect to see from him? Um, yeah, I think, you know, obviously it's Rogers' debut for the All Blacks, but he's a, a very experienced campaigner, obviously, through a, a different code in, in rugby league. And um, obviously, um, yeah, it's an All Blacks debut, but I'm expecting experience, and he'll know that he just needs to go out there and do his job. Um, obviously, he's had a great season for the Blues, and I think you know when the defence tires, he's the perfect man to bring on. Um, obviously, with his footwork and and what he can do on the tack. So, yeah, I, I think um, I know it's a massive game. It's a game we need to win, but he he's actually the right man to to debut tomorrow night because he's had a, an experience in another code. He's played so many big games before, and I don't think he's going to be fussed by it at, at all. So. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing him play and, you know, spark something off the bench. Now, at the start of the interview, you didn't have a tip for us. I just want to know some... I know you're a very astute golfer, <laughs> um, that left-handed fade Every of yours. Every time I bring, I bring it back to rugby, babe, you that, take it away. <laughs> that left-handed fade of yours is well known around the courses of the Waikato. Um, Tiger Woods, any chance of making the cut? Oh, I was, yeah, I was watching... Um, the Open last night, and what did, what did he end up? Six. Oh, he, he teed up too late. Ended up at six, six over. Under. Yeah. yeah. No, no, six, oh, six, six over. over. Tied for 146th, I think. Oh, you, you never write off the goat. No. Um, but that's, that's a bit of a long stretch. Um, what is it? Was it, is it Cameron Young or was it Cameron? It yeah. Was yeah. Eight under. Yeah, but he's at eight. Seven or eight under. Yeah, and Rory at um, six under. Yeah, it's. Oh, I mean, it's a lot of shots to 
to obviously catch up. I mean, he he is the go. If anyone can do it, he can. But yeah, I wouldn't be putting my money on him. Yeah, for the sake of my money, I need Sheffler to get a bit of a move on. Um, but uh, that's, that's, that's another story. Hey, uh, are, you, are you down Wellington tomorrow calling the rugby for us, are you? I'm actually down here at the moment. Oh, uh, yeah. Pitch in, conditions? Uh, lovely, lo- lovely Wellington. And um, I haven't seen the pitch, but the weather's looking good. Uh, it's actually warm. It's, a, it's still night. I came down here on Wednesday trying to fly in in a, a hundred kilometre <laughs> northerly. It wasn't too flash, but uh, it's been kind to me today. Uh, very important um, question, Anton, because we had Paul Moari on the show earlier from the TAB, and he referred to the cake tin as the tinny house, which neither Beeve or I have ever heard it being called before. Is it, Have you heard that one? No, I haven't. Um, I know Beeve has visited a few tinny houses. <laughs> <laughs> But so, so if he hasn't heard um, that call, then I've played yeah, it. He means I've played at Sky Stadium many occasions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, with that, Anton Leonard Brown, I wish you a wonderful weekend in Wellington, and uh, Thank all you the best. Very much. And uh, we all hope that uh, for an All Blacks victory, and you're wearing your mittens again live on national TV. So I liked over. the mittens, Anton. Yeah. Good stuff. It won't be. It won't be fingerless. It'll be uh, the full. <laughs> Uh, Our producer Jacob is um, is fist pumping the idea of the middens again, mate. Don't worry. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Good stuff. Awesome. That was Anton Leonard Brown popping a beer with beef brought to you by O'Hagan's in the Viaduct. Head on down and celebrate this blockbuster test tomorrow night. You are with The Run Home on SENZ. The time has just gone 5.23pm and we are loving the texts that you are sending in to us at the moment. We've just had Anton Leonard-Brown on the show. He was talking a bit about the armchair critics and how the All Blacks will be responding to them. James says, armchair critics have eyes. We see the product that's getting played out there, which is a fair point. And like you said earlier, Beeve, you know, New Zealand by and large is a rugby-educated nation. Yeah, it is. And I think Anton, I mean, Anton touched on it earlier. He said, you know, it's it's a privilege with great responsibility. And, you know, like, funny enough, come on, I know what it's like to be criticised when you're playing as an All Black. And, and um, it never, it never, it never once, I won't say never once worried you, but what you realised is you still wanted, it was the only place you wanted to be. Mm. And you realised you just had to take it. Like, that's. As Anton said, it's a it's a privilege with great responsibility, and in New Zealand society, there's no greater privilege, and there's probably no greater responsibility unless you're uh, you're Ash, Dr. Ashley or you're um, Jacinda. You know that, that was probably the, you know where it sits. So you realise it comes with it, and and when it goes poorly, you you, you know it's coming, um, and it's never nice when it happens, but it is what it is, and you know that's why I just think when Anton talked about. The edge, like every week, doesn't matter what team you're in, you sometimes have to manufacture edges. Mm. Um, say in a chief season, for example, you wouldn't have to manufacture one if you're playing the Crusaders. It just ha- there's an edge from Monday onwards. If you're playing the Blues, there's the historical little brother coming up the motorway to play at Eden Park. 
just happens. But, you know, you might be playing the Force or the Rebels or someone like that, and if you're a coach, you're thinking, gee, this ha- you know. How am I going to get them up for this? How, how, you know, what, what's, what am I doing this week? You know, so maybe it's changes or, or what have you, but this – the edge that Anton talks about is just the attitude around training to know that standards aren't slipping. And you can imagine this week, it's of the highest order. Training would have been of the highest order. Intensity would have been of the highest order. Hey, sometimes when you when you go like that, skill level's not, but if the attitude's there, come the contact session, come mm. you know, the team run on Thursday, the captain's run – you know, the coaches are having to hold it back. You, that's the sort of week I'm envisioning happened in Wellington this week for the All Blacks. So it, that's what he's meaning by, I guess, the edge mm. around the environment. Um, and also in some pretty miserable conditions in Wellington, I must say. I saw some footage of them training on Tuesday, and it was disgusting. I must admit, July trainings for the All Blacks in Wellington. I don't know if they still train at Rugby League Park or the, the Hurricanes base, but that's where we always did. And because obviously my, my gig was pretty much, you know, holding tackle bags and then to do restarts for the team runs for when it was, when it was time for the uh, team to go through their work. There's nothing more terrifying or more frustrating than having to do restarts with the team waiting for you and you are trying to kick into, you know, a gentle a gentle Wellington breeze of probably fifty knots <laughs> and and either Shag saying a gentle right, gale force yeah, wind. Shag saying, Right, landed on this one or the kicking coach like, Right, no, landed on that one over there and you're like, Oh mate, I'm just trying to get it ten metres here. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm just trying to get it off the toe of trying, my boot. I'm just trying to get it, it off the, behind me. I'm just trying to get off the grass here. <laughs> if it lands over here, it lands over there. If it lands, you should be happy. <laughs> Full stop. So I, I used to have breaking the cold sweats training in July in Wellington. Uh, <laughs> knowing full well that. You know, training could be going swimmingly, and then you know, right, in about five minutes' time, I've got about three or four restarts to the team. I've got to nail them. <laughs> and at this point, are the Fords just kind of watching on, being like, oh, wrap it up, mate? Yeah. Wrap yeah. it up. Like, we're over here, we're over here. <laughs> oh, we also had another um, suggestion for the naming of Eden Park. Following on some discussion about the names of, or nicknames of various venues around New Zealand, Eden Park, the Jaffa Box. Yeah, that's clever. There's no name attached to that, but geez, that's clever. Um, Charlie's in on the red card, but it's only paying four bucks now. Yeah, that's a show in reckons Charlie. Likes to look at Mataleo, the Kiwis winger now. He's a popular with Berg, and I think I've seen it mentioned someone else. But their first, second, or third try in Sharks minus twelve. Wow, eight dollars ten Berg from Wellington. That is juicy. We could put it, we could put the All Blacks with that at a dollar twenty because all of a sudden that becomes the conservative Kim ain't liking where you're going that, with this. Well, you've already got eighteen. <laughs> Jeepers! Oh, I love that Berg. Sensational. Uh, what Zaid got here for Beaver's best Cronulla Sharks? Uh, Ronaldo uh, Molotalo anytime mm. try scorer paying a dollar ninety one, and in the Par- uh, Parramatta Eels Warriors game. Isaiah Papali'i, anytime try scorer, paying $2.88. It's not a bad shout in wonderful form. He's potentially backflipping on his new West Tigers deal with Kiwi, Kiwi second row. Well, so apparently Benji is kind of, you know, because Benji Marshall, ah, new assistant coach, he's yes. in there to calm things down with that chat. Just kind of ease any concerns. You'll be right with us, mate. You know, me and Robbie, we've got you. We've got you. I ran into Robbie 
the night after of a night of the Robbie Farah. Yes, the Eden Park Test match. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think he must have just snuck out for a quiet drink, and he, I ran into him at probably midnight after a day of uh, the Eden Park Test match. I don't know how the conversation went, but you know, sometimes when you're looking at someone, and you're thinking. They wanted to get out of this conversation. I think it went like that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not familiar with the feeling at all. Andre <laughs> says, hi, Kim and Beef. My Beaver's best for this week is snakebite Peter Wright to reach the final of the world match play of darts at $5. Cheers, Andre. I like that just because of the variety in sport. Yes. Yes, much the same way I liked having a look at the Farrah Palmer stuff. He, hey, here's a good one. Jimmy, this is a suggestion. I don't mind this. Beef, do the All Blacks have to do the Harker on the 10 metre line? They don't need to bring back the biff like Wednesday, but just lay down a proper challenge on halfway. If they stand 20 metres away from the opposition and do the haka for the cameras, I'm going to lose my bloody nana. They need to look at the Kiwis versus Matama Tonga challenge for some lessons. Well, Jimmy, yes, you do have to stay at a certain point, and there's World Rugby fines, I think, of about 10 grand. The um, French, for example, World Cup final here, mm. they, they took the fine. No problem. The fact that they even got fined was ridiculous because it added to the game. Um, Jamie, Add it to the list. Add it to the world rugby list. Jamie, that is, I like that. I think that's a brilliant idea. Oh, sorry, Jimmy, that was Jimmy's. I think it's a marvellous idea. This is a real statement of intent. Yeah, I don't mind it. We've got Silver Lake behind NZR now. Well, they can take the fine. <laughs> If Silver, Lake's right. not, if Silver Lake's not prepared, then Anton Leonard Brown will pay for that. No problem. <laughs> oh, this is payback, and he doesn't have a right of reply. That's mean. <laughs> Kerry, Beaver's best, simple, all blacks, 12 and under. Ooh, not bad, Kerry. Uh, Jamie, Beaver's best, Warriors to score two tries in each half at $12 from Jamie. Jamie, what ja- are you doing, mate? <laughs> ja- Jamie. He's positive. That is positive. Some would say optimistic. <laughs> You know what? I'm. I hate making calls on the Warriors now, just because they might just have one of those games. Here's, I can't see it happening, but they might. Here's a juicy one, which I don't mind too. From Adam, Cam Smith, second round leader, nine dollars Beaver. Things to mull over Beaver. Well, Cam, go- Cam Smith's in the thicker things. I was about to have a very smooth oh, segue transition to the news. As we, yeah, things to mull over as we go to Johnny Mac with the news. Ian Poulter, how about this? We'll call this an outside chance. Oh, oh, he's racing across well. the green. Oh, come oh my on. goodness. Good gracious. Ian Poulter. That's right. It's hard to see from over there. That is your Razine Colourful Sporting Moment of the Week. Ian Poulter making a 160-odd foot putt, which is pretty remarkable, especially considering at the start of the day he was greeted uh, at the first tee with a few boos from the crowd due to his participation in the uh, Live Golf Tournament. Well, Ian Poulter's a great fit for Rosine Colourful Sporting Moment, isn't he? Because not only he produced a colourful sporting moment with a 160-foot putt, he's just a colourful character. He is a colourful character. And he's been known to rub a few up the wrong way. And, uh, yeah, he's he's an interesting character, absolutely, and a wonderful recipient of this week's Rosine Colourful Sporting Moment. Uh, timely too, because he was of course pulling that off at the British Open uh, at the home of Golf Day 2, just about to get underway uh, over in Scotland at St Andrews at the moment. Ryan Fox will be teeing off very shortly, so we will keep you appraised as the show goes on of how 
he is doing. Great interest in Ryan Fox at the moment. Loving uh, his work over on the European tour as well. So fantastic stuff. Be interesting to see how Ian Poulter goes today. Yeah, well, I mean, he's... He hasn't been affected by it, has he? he? As far as you've often seen some of these guys come out and play since it, and it's been clearly on his mind, but he's very solid first round, so right in it. I just really enjoyed him saying after the first round, I didn't hear any heckling, which is one of, must. I mean, must be a blatant lie, right? Surely. Well, maybe, Surely. Maybe, maybe we're trying to bait it a little bit more now and uh, they'll go louder uh, t- today for him. He couldn't hear you previously. Yeah. I'm sure people have heard that as well. Uh, that is our Resine Colourful Sporting Moment of the Week. Thanks as ever for your time this Friday. How is the weekend shaping up? Yeah, shaping up pretty good. Uh, how do you, Kim? And to Beef. Uh, of course, I'm still in Australia off the back of that. Stunning state of origin on uh, on Wednesday evening. Don't know that I've ever been to a, a better atmosphere in terms of a sporting event than what unfolded there. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about harness racing. Of course, uh, we race at Alexandra Park tonight. Addington race again on Sunday. They had their race meeting last night. And I think, Beeb, we did a, a pretty good job last week. We found Maui at a nice each-way price again. So we're on a bit of a roll on this uh, on this drive home. We certainly are, and your two Australian uh, bets got me a little bit of money. The only thing that absolutely <laughs> left a sour taste, three from four was great, but you wouldn't believe it, Emma's boy at 26, at 26 I came in. I, I talked <laughs> I to myself by listening to it on my drive home. <laughs> I know, and we talked about it, and I wandered over to the Breakfast Creek Hotel, which I can tell you guys has become my second home, which is probably not ideal, but, uh, and I watched it on the screen, and I went, oh, no, oh, no. Almost $30 over here it was, so, uh, yes, it was a pretty painful watch, but, Emma, good way to go out. Oh, pretty yeah. good night to finish on. Yeah. Emma was yeah, very that happy. Gone back to back now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but, she should have been. She but no, it was been. a um, apart from uh, that one, mate. Yeah, great tipping. So uh, yeah, we are. We're on a roll here, mate. So keep it keep it going. Yeah, well, Alexandra Park tonight. Uh, Chimmy Cherry is a horse that you can chuck into your multis. You won't get a lot of value about it. I think it's flip of the coin, but it's race five, number eleven. Uh, resumes tonight from the strong Telford team. Good enough to take on. Uh, you know, some pretty handy horses in its career today. Ben Butch to do the driving to the back row. I think it's a pretty good draw, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on it. Uh, in terms of the race meeting here in Australia tomorrow night, it is what they call the Sunshine Sprint, which last week it was just a sensational race, the, uh, the lead-up to the big one, which is next week. It's a Group 1 tomorrow night, but the next week's one is the Blacks are fake. It's, uh, it's where the real money's up, but... It's a really good field this week, and the ex-Kiwi Triple Eight, who was also trained by the Telfers, still owned by New Zealanders, swooped down the outside and uh, won that Mr. Feelgood race last week. He goes around again this week, but I tipped better Eclipse last week to uh, to beat Ladies in Red in what was their feature race of the night, the Rising Sun. I'm going to go with him again. Race eight, number four, better Eclipse. He takes on a hot field in the Sunshine Sprint, but he's a very, very good horse, better Eclipse. Uh, he came from the outside of the second row last week. He's got a front row draw this week, so I'm happy to be on him. Race eight, number four, probably on an each-way basis. The other horse I'm looking for a big run from, and he has to go big tomorrow night, is the Kiwi AG's White Sox. So he's in race number seven, horse nine. He draws the back row. Very hot front row. There'll be a lot of speed early. 
Um, he should slot into the perfect position and uh, he'll get a good chance, a really good chance. He's improved a lot according uh, to the McCarthy. So uh, I'm picking that AG's white socks will get a decent shot at them on Saturday night. And I mentioned before, Addington Raceway race again on Sunday. Uh, they have an eight-race program there, bit of a later start. About 20 past one for you. I'll have to get up nice and early, won't I? It's about 20 past 11 here. I don't know if the Breakfast Creek Hotel is open by then. I'm pretty sure it probably is, though. Um, so, yeah, a, a decent sort of a program there. And I thought probably the best bet of the day is race five, number 15. Catherine does have to come off the 20 metres, but... Uh, it's good enough to do that, so I'm, I'm happy to have an each-way ticket on that race five, number 15. Greg, what have you, uh, what have you enjoyed about, obviously you've enjoyed the uh, state of origin, but the, uh, the harness action over there, how does, it, how does it compare or how is it different to New Zealand? What sort of crowds do they get? Yeah, look, it was a pretty good crowd last week. Uh, not, not probably Addington-style crowd in, in terms of at a regular race meeting, but they tell me this week all of their corporate facilities are, are booked out and next week... Uh, they're expecting a, a really big crowd for what is their biggest meeting of the year. Uh, I think they've got four Group 1s next week, so that includes the Derby and the Oaks and the Blacks are fake and, and the big trotting race too. So they should get a, a pretty big crowd here next week. The racing style is different, uh, Beef. They, they really go hard all the way. There's a lot of young gun uh, drivers over here. Not that there's young drivers in New Zealand, but there seems to be a team of them here now, particularly two or three that come over from uh, from Sydney or up from Sydney, uh, Jack Callahan, Cam Hart, who we saw in New Zealand winning the Messenger with Majestic Cruiser, uh, and um, you know they, they they just have no fear. They just they, there's another young young guy called Jack Trainer who actually started out with Crandall Getty in New Zealand. He's a trainer driver over here that's got a couple of horses uh, for the carnival, and they just have no fear. They just want to go forward, get themselves in the race, don't want to be unlucky, and that makes for Awesome racing. There's just there's very few horses that are unlucky because they go that hard. That it's <laughs> yeah. uh, the survival of the fittest. And uh, Saturday nights they go over there. Obviously, Friday nights are the the big ones here at Eddington Alexandra. But Saturday nights is is their time, is it? Yeah, it seems to be the harness time. Menangle race, obviously, uh, in Sydney as well. Albion Park in Melbourne, uh, and very race at, uh, at at Melton. So Saturday night harness is where it's at. But where I'm in Albion Park. They race every Tuesday, Friday and Saturday, and the other four days, Greyhounds race at Albion Park. So, um, yeah, she's pretty full-on sort of a venue. And uh, last week, to, to give you an idea of, of how big the Greyhounds can be, they had the Brisbane Cup last week for half a million dollars. Jesus. So, you know, they, they race for some serious coin, the Greyhounds here. And uh, last night they had a State of Origin series and uh, New South Wales and Queensland went head-to-head, well, a little bit like Wednesday night. The Queenslanders, they came out on top. I thought you were going to say the dogs went at it. <laughs> confrontation. No, no. They had a two-dog race. I tell you, it was, it was, it was brilliant to, to watch. Um, just, just the two dogs uh, over a lap and a quarter here. And, uh, yeah, there wasn't much between them at the end. One was called Zipping Kyrios, which obviously the Aussies were, were all over. But it, it got beat. So, um, and it was $1.70 versus $1.90 in a two-dog race. I think I back Zipping Kyrgios, so that may be a great indication of not taking any tips off me for the Greyhound. <laughs> I do have to ask, uh, Greg, since you have been there, you got to be part of the atmosphere, how was State of O? 
Yeah, look, it, it was an incredible. Uh, I, I haven't been to a sporting occasion where we were lucky. Actually, we watched the game end on, and and I don't know how many times you guys have been to rugby or league and watched it end on. I, I just found it fascinating watching Nathan Cleary run towards us in the first half and how he picked his way through uh, the defence of Queensland and and just had the ball on a string and how much work he does off the ball, how he moves the players around the park. So that was really good, and I thought, oh, how good is this? And then Ben Hunt ran basically straight towards me when he got the winning try. And can you imagine the euphoria <laughs> of the Queenslanders oh. when he was? Oh, it, it was just, it was ridiculous. They were, they were absolutely going off. So, um, yeah, it, it didn't. We're up where the nosebleeders are. It was pretty high up, but there's not a bad seat in that Suncorp Stadium. There's, there's very few bad spots, and. Uh, Yep, I was uh, I was lucky enough to be there, and probably what's in the top three Origin games of all time. Sensational, mate! I am thrilled for you. I'm absolutely thrilled for you. You must have absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Greg O'Connor there from Harness Racing New Zealand. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. And in good news, I think good news, Ryan Fox just made par on the first hole, day two at the British Open. So tidy start for Ryan Fox on day two. We'll take that, won't we? Absolutely, we will. Yeah. Get it rolling, right? Get it rolling. He's with an interesting wee group, isn't he? He is. I haven't heard Cal Kavikia's name since, I don't know, but it's he's obviously over there as a former champion, I'd have thought. Ah, oh, okay. Because I... Looking at him, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's qualified. On form. On, on form. <laughs> he has been waving the head around a bit, so I think um, I, I missed his actual shot. But I assume it must have been good because he certainly reacted to it. Uh, thank you for the continuing texts as well. Um, we've got another one for an Isaiah Papali'i anytime try scorer. Three dollars ten, Beef. Come in, although no name attached to that one. Absolutely. Uh, one, one of the, there is a name here. Uh, is it Tony Kemp? Uh, why, I, why have I heard that before? Yeah, I, f- I think he's on an earlier show. Uh, mm. He j- must have been in reference to our chat with Anton. Uh, I should be a Grins ambassador for the amount I necked at the big race. Of course, <laughs> the Grins big race down at uh, Cambridge where our horse... <laughs> SNZ horse yeah. took it out. You know, earlier in the ad break, uh, our producer Jacob said to us, this is a very Friday show, isn't it? And I think that might well, sum po- up why. It's a post-Friday, five o'clock, of course. <laughs> uh, try Cordella, Jesse Arthur, five buck returns, 2,500 from Shannon. That would kickstart the multi. Uh, we were talking earlier about different names for the various grounds. Eden Park, the graveyard, only APs and Crusaders own it. The rest I'm wondering. Uh. Another Beaver's Best here from Mark. Uh, Jesse Arthur's anytime try score, $4.33. Any Barrett to score a try, ABs win 1 to 12. Speaking of any Barrett's to score, I know there's a lot of run home listeners really whipping any three of the Barrett's home this weekend because a lot of us are sitting on two Barrett's oh, tries. Of course, it was the three, three from any of them, wasn't three it? Three in the series. Across the series. So. I know I'm not alone. Uh, wishing all the very best tonight to uh, Scott Bader and Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, did you read this one from Jordan a bit earlier as well? Another juicy bet, your Panthers beaver. 
No, I didn't carry on. Resting their origin players shouldn't make too much of a difference against the Tigers. The Panthers took care of the Bulldogs in round 13, minus the origin stars. Uh, and if it weren't for Burton and Nato Carr, they would have won by 30. 13 plus is paying 225 currently. Nice double up and a change for the multi. I was going to say, Burton, will Burton be playing this weekend? He, he might be dealing with some late concussion too after getting a bit of a hiding from Gagai. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another text in here, no name, but can't wait to see RTS tomorrow. Has a bit of Johnny Schuster to me. Yes. Great step, solid and close, along with good distribution. You know, I mean, we're all excited. This is what we all were waiting for. Obviously, it's taken a bit longer, probably because of the situation of the series. But how? They've decided to throw him out there in the decider. As we talked about, the alternative is that is put him out against the Springboks in South Africa. So I think this is a probably a pretty good one. Speaking of South Africa, we've got another text about Alice Park coming in. We'll get to that just after this. Absolute tunes. That's what you get when you're on the run home on SENZ with Kim and Beef. Uh, Ken has texted in, Hi guys, we're thinking beyond Ireland already. Got my tickets to Alice Park in August. Never been there before, only Cape Town. Have you been there, Beef? Good times. Yep, been to Alice Park a fair few times. We played a fair few games of footy there. It's, and obviously, as a kid growing up, Alice Park was famous for me because it was where the 95 World Cup mm. final was. So it was obviously a dream to play there. Great long tunnel. Full of, full of Afrikaans when you're there, so it's it's pretty hostile. But uh, you'll you'll love that there. Make sure you've just got a very well planned uh, entrance and exit because Johannesburg is you know it's a bit tasty at times. Uh, we're lucky we're easy on uh, buses with about ten police cars around us, so that's fine. But make sure you look after yourself there, Ken. But uh, you'll love that game day test match in South Africa. They know how to they know how to do it right. Something special, right? We need to get to the news shortly, but coming up on the show, uh, we will be talking to Issa Nathiwa just after the news. Then we have uh, Blackburn's Lock, Eloise Blackwell, on a little bit later to talk Farah Palmer Cup. Stay with us. Welcome back. Welcome into the run home on SENZ. Kim Downs with you alongside Stephen Donald. The Donald. That's your name. Yeah, uh, the time has just gone. Yes, yes. <laughs> the time has just gone four past six. The entry to this hour uh, a little less smooth than I would have liked, but <laughs> never mind. That's fine. Uh, we are, of course, today taking your beavers' best. Thank you to all of you who have sent those in so far. Still time though. Beavers still uh, in selection mode. There. I've got a question for you, Beav. Yes, hit me. If the All Blacks win yep. tomorrow, yep. Are are the New Zealand public? Settled? Are we content? Are we reassured that things are on the right track ahead of next year? Well, Kimberly, I don't know if I'm the voice of the entire New Zealand public. I think um, you are. But I think they're a hell of a lot more settled than the alternative. I think there's, a, there's an aspect of, I think we've got to appreciate that world rugby has never been more competitive. And there's so many more teams who have the ability to beat other people right now. And we aren't used to it here. I mean, what's our what's the All Blacks' history over a hundred odd years? It's like eighty seven or something like ridiculous mm. winning percentage. So, will they be settled, Kim? I'm not sure. There'll be still people who won't want the coach, who won't want the captain, um, and will want some other players. But I think it'll it'll go a long way to saying that this team has certainly got you know the mental ability to bounce back from 
what was you know a tough loss in Dunedin, and it is a it is a massive make no statement. It is a massive test tomorrow night, and you know we thought that game one was massive, but then we're like we're a bit let down by it a little bit because the All Blacks are so dominant. But that's us as Kiwi rugby fans, mm. you know, like we want the All Blacks to win. Uh, don't get us wrong, but then we get a little bit salty if it's not if it's not you know. Uh, a good contest so we've got good contest now and we're still salty according to Michael so um, you know we can't have our cake and eat it so but I'm even just, at the cake tin even at the cake tin I'm just looking forward to what tomorrow could bring and uh, and the intrigue because at the end of the day it's actually still whatever the scenario it's been great rugby it's been enthralling hasn't it I've, I've oh, thoroughly absolutely. enjoyed it you can't complain about the product as far as the game goes I mean, oh. people have certainly been complaining about the product they've in com- some ways. Oh, they've complained about the card, the card bonanza. But mm. as far as fixtures and quality of footy, it's at the highest echelon. Yes, obviously, a lot of people were complaining about the, some of the All Blacks eras last week, but that's pressure. That's the quality of the opposition. So, no, it's it's exciting tomorrow, and I certainly can't even remember what your question was. I just went off on another rant or something. It was it was do we still have faith in them if they win tomorrow? Are we reassured of if they are. win tomorrow? I guess the other element of it is people might might be biding their time, I suppose, until after the South African league. Because two tiers back to back in South Africa, oh. which is something that, ha- that the All Blacks have not done in a long time now. Yeah. That will be, that will be tough. But we don't want to look too far ahead because no. we have this mammoth decider already uh, ahead of us. And I'm very happy to say that joining us now to discuss it, former Auckland Blues and Leinster player, now rugby commentator, Issa Nathiwa, who is down in the capital for this game. Issa, thank you so very much for joining us. How's it going down there in Welly? What's the uh, what's the vibe you're picking up ahead of tomorrow night? Oh, well, it's not often you leave Auckland and, and rainy weather and come to Wellington and it's a nice fine day. Um, <laughs> but it, I, I feel that southerly, rumours are that southerly's going to rip in. It's got a little bit cold as the evening's gone on, but um, the stadium looked perfect today. How do you see tomorrow going? Oh, man, what a question. Um, <laughs> I, We're hard-hitting here on the run home, mate. Yeah, you're straight to the point. Uh, um, Cards on the table. I've caught up with a lot of the Irish guys this week, and um, I'm out. I I really think they got a chance. I I really do. Um, It's weird. It's a weird one. Like mindset doesn't really change overnight. You know, Um, it takes a long time to get to the to this point, and and they're in a really really good headspace. and they even felt like they left a lot out there last week. You know, a very odd game, and and with the cards and the and the whole shape of it. But I know that they're in a in a really good space, and they and they they know it's not an ordinary game, that's for sure. Um, and they're sort of gearing up for it too. So what you're saying, mate, is clearly they didn't think that winning last week in Dunedin was, I guess, the one-off absolute moment of their lives. They more work to be done, and uh, really want to get the series to really I guess make a statement yeah yeah you know like um you know Chicago was such a long time ago yeah. um and then to sort of do four in the last six or four in the last seven against the ABs like you know rightfully so they've earned the right to to, to have a mindset change so they're definitely not you know they I think they, they came down here with the thought of a series win and like to actually come down here thinking that that's that's huge in itself yeah, yeah. um and then, you know, Eden Park played out the way it did. But, you know, um, Andy Farrell and, and the whole coaching team, they, they were very constructive and 
and took criticism what was necessary, but then just got on with the week and went to Dunedin um, really prepared. And and that, that hasn't changed this week by the sound of things. So, um, you know, they've earned the right to, to, I guess, have that mindset and to to be where they are. And, um, you know, I think they're going into tomorrow pretty confident. Now, just around the mindset and attitude, mate, obviously a fair bit have been made about some of the, uh, I guess, other than rugby uh, confrontations uh, from from Dunedin. What's uh, did you pick up on anything around that? Are they expecting any backlash, or it's just going to be not shying away from it? We are we're here, and we're here for the scrap, or whatever it may face. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, and it probably just goes for both sides, really. Like it's um it's a long old season um, for the Europe boys. <laughs> they're, they're they're coming off eleven months. You know, um, you know they're not thinking about their beer after the game, but it's. it's going to be a, it's going to jump up to them pretty bloody quickly but um <laughs> oh man they're 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 squaring up for the challenge um you know they've the to them the tour has gone really really quickly um you know but there's been so many i guess historical inver- inverted commas um you know uh, achievements so far yeah. you know even even a win against the moldy so um you know they've taken massive strides and it's really weird when I've, i talk to a lot of them still you know world cup's only just around the corner um mm. but this is to be in a position, and I guess all Northern Hemisphere teams, to be in a position to win um, win a series down under, that's pretty rare that that actually happens. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting weekend, but, um, you know, I know these Irish guys are up for it. Fascinating weekend. We've been talking as well uh, a bit on the show about the changes to the All Blacks forwards and what difference that might make. Sam Whitelock obviously back in the mix. Uh, Scott Barrett moving back to six. How do you think that will impact... Ireland's thinking. Oh, I think um, you know I, I I don't care what people say. I think Scott Barrett at six is a great option, and it's um, I think his physicality is is that real raw physicality. It just fronts is very confrontational, you know, and you need someone out there doing that. Um, I don't think it really changes what um, the Irish do. I think where they you know they they got pretty tight on defence um, in Test One and. And that really impacted, um, you know, the turnover ball and being caught out of position. I think they made really, really smart decisions around the breakdown um, in Dunedin, which, you know, gave them better spacing on defence and, and and then it just gave them the ability to be physical. And that is that is their game. Um, that's what they want to bring and they reckon they've got another step up. But no doubt um, the All Blacks will have... Um, will, react massively this week too and even through Sam Kane's comments this week you know they're angry and pissed off and they want to show up so we're in for a brutal um, test match that's for sure especially if the weather turns a little bit Mate they've as far as the Irish goes obviously uh, Bundy comes in um, where do you, how do you see that playing out I just noticed a couple of times in Dunedin I wonder if the All Blacks are going to try and exploit sort of spacing it around him. A couple of times I wondered if Rico on the outside mm. break sort of might have had him for wheels or, or whether even Harvilli's yeah. feet might might cause him trouble. Do you think that will be a tactic they might employ or do you think Bundy will be well and truly up for, up for a challenge, which I'm sure he will be physically? Oh, man, he'll be up for it for sure. He'll be up for it for sure. And, you know, him and um, Robbie Henshaw go back to um, an awesome midfield pairing in, in their days at Connacht together. So... They know each other really, really well. Um, you know, Gary Ringrose is a phenomenal defender. Um, he he's sort of got that Conrad Smith mould of sort of always um, putting the team's best interests, and they've, he's got a great partnership with Robbie. But um, I don't think there'll be any 
any change in the midfield um, sort of pairing. They played a lot together in their time, and they and they communicate well for for Johnny. Um, he's 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 great on attack, Bundy. He sees a lot. Um, will the All Blacks target him? Maybe, but I definitely think that um, Robbie Henshaw is a, is a rock in defence when he needs to be. We also got a text in just now, uh, Isa from Brett saying they're no longer scared. Now you're pretty tapped in. Um, to sentiment from Ireland, from the public around this team. Is that a sense that you get and how much has that kind of um, sentiment, I suppose, changed in recent years? Yeah, I think, yeah, they're definitely not scared, but but that, I'm not, that's just not a throwaway comment. They've earned that. Um, and this started back in Joe Schmidt days in Chicago and then getting a, getting a monkey off the back, then doing it in Dublin and doing it in Dublin again. So, you know, that didn't just change overnight, but they've earned, the, to, earned to have that mindset going into a test against the All Blacks. Um, but I think when Andy Farrell took over, it took about 12 months for the whole actual team to understand where Andy Farrell was coming from. Then they actually, you know, understood it. Then they sort mm. of bought into it. And now we are where we are now. So his, what, the way he instills belief um, is phenomenal. And, and whatever he has done, he has done and it works and the players have bought into it. So, you know, he, he is, he's driving a lot of that. He's driving nearly, nearly all of it and the players have bought into it. So I think, um, you know, that didn't change overnight, but uh, they've deserved the right to, to not be scared anymore. Um, and I don't think they have been for a while. Um, I also wanted to ask, have you been keeping across the other games? Because obviously last weekend was a very good one for the Northern Hemisphere teams. Mm. Is that for you a bit of a, a bit of a blip and anomaly? Or is this uh, significant, I suppose, in, in a shift of strength rugby-wise to the Northern Hemisphere? Well, it's definitely an anomaly for it to all happen on one weekend in, a, in the <laughs> middle of a test, and then for all for all the sort of Northern Hemisphere tour trips that the series is on the line. I didn't even know if that's happened before. Um, there'll be some great statistician that'll that'll tell me I'm wrong. Um, but I, I I know the you know I look at the likes of France, and I think they are absolutely phenomenal, and I think they've definitely caught up and then have led in certain areas. But I think every Northern Hemisphere team has at least tried to do it their own way. Um, and whether there's the whole, has, have they just caught up to what's going on in the world? I think some of the teams have definitely taken another step forward. And, um, you know, the French are sort of leading the charge. Um, you know, Ireland's leading the charge from their own angle. Um, yeah, but I do think it was an anomaly for it to all happen on <laughs> one weekend. Um, but it definitely makes, it definitely puts everyone on notice. And I guess uh, people start to actually um, look north and think, there's definitely more than a few things going right, um, you know. And sometimes it takes a weekend like that for for people down under to actually look north and think there is something mm. to worry about up there. And I guess one of the um, the easy jokes to make when you see the Irish performing like this is, oh yeah, another time where they're kind of you know peaking the year before a World Cup. Is your sense that that might be the case this time, or is this something that's going to be sustained through the next year? Yeah, no, they've, they've, I think all of them, everyone's taken massive learnings from 2018. Um, you know, number one in the world, uh, club side going well, you know, guys didn't lose a calendar, a game in a calendar year, do you know what I mean? And, and won a lot of trophies along the way. I think they're very wary of that. Um, and World Cup is only just around the corner, but there's still some crucial, um, 
you know, milestones uh, between now and then. So, yeah, I think they've taken a lot of learnings from last time. Um, and I think they're very aware that, um, you know, this is a special game. It could be a mis- historical moment. Mm-hmm. It is the end of the season, but then there's a big 12 months up uh, only around the corner. So they definitely don't want to be peaking yet, and I don't think they will be. Eason, Nathewa, thank you so much for your time. Brilliant as well that you will get to be there. I imagine the atmosphere is going to be incredible at the Caketon tomorrow night. So very pleased that you are getting to be there. Uh, calling that game for Sky Sport UK. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Enjoy it. No worries. Have a good weekend. All. Bye. Thanks, mate. Interesting, isn't it? If this is a real proper shift for the Irish, which you do, like he says, you get the feeling it is, and like he says, it's hard earned. Oh, absolutely. And that's... That was the that was the thing about the need in it last week because they've done it before regularly of late. They've got the monkeys off the back, and then they started to consistently match or if not beat. Then all of a sudden, the last thing to do is a golden opportunity of a series victory. Mm. And I mean, with the powers that be at World Rugby, who who knows how much longer you're going to have these three match series? You know, we obviously got that other sort of thing that they're trying to get off the mm. ground, which apparently is gaining a Fair bit, bit of momentum. Traction, bit of traction. Um, which here on the run home we did against Kim. So just Oh, I wasn't but, aware of that. Yeah, we did against Okay, them. Yeah. okay. Uh, we love these three-match series. Uh, so just a year across that. Um, but, you <laughs> Do know, you want to send me the notes before the show next <laughs> yeah, time? Apologies. Um, but, yeah, what, what a – I just – tomorrow, who can wait? It's going to be something oh, special. Cannot wait. All right, we'll be back with more of your text and a bit more chat just after the break. You've got to remember, they played in Mibia twice in the 90s, they lost twice, they played Scotland 11 times, they lost 10, drew 1, they played France 11 times, lost all 11, played Samoa, lost to Samoa, lost 3 in a row to Italy, lost every game against Australia, South Africa and New Zealand, played England 10 times, 1-2, lost 8. So that's the context that we're coming through. There's only been five touring teams, to the best of my knowledge, that have won series, touring series down here. So for Aaron to join that list uh, with the Australians who won twice, the Springboks who won once, British and Irish Lands that won once, and the French that won once, would be a massive, massive thing for a rugby country that has never even had a team that's made it to a World Cup semi-final. So this is bigger in many people's views, including Brian O'Driscoll's, than a Grand Slam. Bigger than a grand slam. That was the voice of Gary Doyle, Irish rugby journalist, talking to Ian Smith earlier today. Oh, it has to be bigger than a grand slam. A grand slam, what, you're beating England, who, depending on the quality at the time, and you're beating Wales. And France. And France, but let's be honest, in the last few years, it's only been then that they've skyrocketed and home ground over there, so it seems to be a licence to win a game. So, oh, a series down here, when you look at the history of as you mentioned, how many mm. teams have come down here. It wouldn't even compare. That I mean, was, you win Grand Slams every other year in the UK. That was great to put it in perspective, though. Oh, brilliant. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Little goosebumps there, actually. And I'm sure, honestly, not that the Irish would need any more motivation, but you'd almost just play that to well, them. To think to think we're, we're locked up one or a team that lost in Namibia twice. <laughs> Steve, that's not the sort of perspective I want on a Friday night. It's really not. <laughs> salty. But like you said, you know, this is a team that's never made the World Cup semi-finals. And they haven't. And that's why, I don't know if it was you, no, it was Curse at the start of the week going, okay, well, where do you rank all these teams? And the question was around World Cup next year. And I said, well, you can't be confident that they're going to be a threat at the World Cup because they haven't made it past the quarterfinals. 
So that's I still like I will still if your life depends on it and someone says to you, right, who's gonna win the World Cup next year? For me, you just say, Oh well, it's probably the All Blacks. Right like right from now. Not France? No, because they've never they've never won it. And for me, with all that pressure on, we don't know. I mean, they could go out and blitz the World Cup. They are a wonderful team right now, and they're only going to get better because they're young and all the rest of it. But a home World Cup, which A, they've never won a World Cup, and B, a home World Cup with all the pressure and everyone blowing smoke up that you know where, can they handle that? I don't know. Tootsie. Mm, tootsie. I think it's the word you're going for. Bit of now, live sport. Bit of live sport updating for you. This is your Ryan Fox tracker at the British Open. Second round, uh, he is just about to hopefully tap him for par on the fourth hole. Bit of a theme developing through the first three and possibly fourth holes, uh, which is that he is kind of getting himself in a pretty good position to putt for birdie. Uh, it's just kind of... He's, he's, he's lipped out the last three. Each, so. each, a little to the side each way, but he's so he's still sitting at one under. Um, at the moment, the projected cutoff for the cut is even. Yes. So looking good to at least make the cut at this stage. We're only four holes in though, aren't we? Yeah. Plenty, and, plenty to go. And the drizzle is starting to fall, and so you wonder, you know, is, is today the weather coming? So Foxy's out nice and early. He's he's playing great. He's just not dropping putts at the moment. So mm. let's hope he he gets a few to drop for him and. Uh, and Foxy gets a nice score in before the weather shows up for these other guys who the live coverage shows us arriving in their cars, which is fantastic. <laughs> I do enjoy it. <laughs> I thought they would come dressed, but they obviously bring a bag and get dressed at the um, at the clubhouse. Well, I guess they don't want their golfing number ones rained on before they well, have to get rained on yeah, or, or something. If you're eating food and you don't want to spill on your white pants or, or what have you, obviously, <laughs> on their worn white pants, you'd probably worn white pants. Kim, so I wouldn't know. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And they and the other interesting thing is they're all showing up about two and a half hours before tee-off. Yeah, well, you need a bit of warm-up, don't you? Mm, two and a half hours. Oof. That's, yeah. You need. It's a long day out there. Remember that. Don't Longer than up. normal. So you just limber up. Few drives. Is this, bit where of putting. I, is this where I go wrong? Because I actually use the first couple of holes as a bit of a warm up for me. Well, yeah, and you're at the mini golf course, and so <laughs> I, actually snuck, I actually snuck out first thing this morning with the old boy uh, about seven thirty this morning, eight o'clock, and uh, there's a few water hazards on the Waikou golf course that aren't usually there. Um, yeah, bit soggy underfoot. At least it's not like a kind of Florida situation where you've got random crocodiles coming out at you. Alligators? Are they alligators or crocodiles alligators in Florida? In America, yeah. yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. I was a little bit nervous when I had to go into one of these new lakes on the fairways to get the old boys ball. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know what was going to come out at me, but uh, <laughs> there you go, no dangerous animals in Waikiki fairways. I'm, I'm very pleased <laughs> that you survived what was no doubt a traumatic <laughs> golfing experience. Just tell me that you were in uh, white pants that you'd spilled your kind of bacon and eggs on earlier in the day to sh- really no, paint the picture. No, black shorts and uh, rugby socks and a whole lot of mud was over the shins because it was pretty sloppy out there in places. <laughs> <laughs> Woe is Stephen Donald. More of his uh, tales of misery after the news <laughs> with Johnny Mac. I have-
Welcome back to The Run Home on SENZ. It is 6.33, just gone 6.33, and we are ready to talk Farah Palmer Cup because that season kicks off tomorrow. Joining us now to chat about it, 46 Test Blackfern and Auckland Lock, Eloise Blackwell. Eloise, thank you so much for your time. Bit of an early start uh, this year for the Farah Palmer Cup. How is the team shaping up? Oh, well, we're all pretty excited about um, FPC to finally be kicking off, um, probably because of how it ended last year. Um, so, yeah, we're all pretty excited and raring to go tomorrow. Yeah, of course, last year there were all of those disruptions courtesy of our dear mate, COVID. <laughs> what a time that was. Um, there's also, I suppose, a, a bit of a wider context around the Cup this year and knowing that the Blackfern Select Desires are going to be very much fixed on it in a World Cup year. Do you think the players are feeling that a bit? Um, I think it's probably in the back of um, some players' minds, but for us, um, we've been prepping really well and um, I found out today, actually, that the Storm this year will be playing, you know, in hope of a 16th um, Farah Palmer Cup title, which is something pretty special, so... Um, that's probably been brought to the forefront of my mind now, um, you know, knowing that we've got a really quality side um, that can really, um, I guess, measure up and, and, and work really hard to gain that championship. And saying that, a lot of quality sides, the defending champs, Waikato, Canterbury, as ever, are looking pretty stacked. Who do you kind of see as, as the big threats this year? Um, I guess you can't really say any team is um, stronger than the other. Like, as you said, there's some real quality players across the country, but um, I always um, back and rate the Wellington Pride team. They've just got some absolute, like, beasts in their team, and I think they're a real underdog in this tournament, and I think um, looking at their lineup for this weekend, they're looking pretty strong, so I'll definitely be looking forward to that clash. And what's the uh, what's the structure of this year? Obviously, the the men's NPC has taken a bit of a change as far as how they've gone about the structure of the NPC. Is is the Far Palmer just a, a straight round robin with every team playing everybody? So we're still in um, like a championship and a oh I can't remember what the other one's called. Um, we're split into like two kind of grades, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, you play run once round robin style, and then the team who finishes at the bottom of our pool um, by the end of, um, I guess, pool play, they get relegated down to um, the other pool, and then the team who wins the championship and that one gets relegated up. So um, this year, uh, Manawa Two is back into into the top div, so they'll definitely definitely be um, trying to stake their name again. What are you looking forward to most this season, Eloise? Oh, I've just really been enjoying my code lately, so I'm just looking forward to being black, back in the um, the blue and white hoops for another year, um, get to play some footy with my mates. That's probably the, the most exciting thing I'm looking forward to. Um, I also want to talk because we, we had a chat in my... In my other job at TVNZ as well, <laughs> coming into the Black Ferns trials, congratulations on a fantastic trial by the way, and, and you talked a bit about that then as well, the enjoyment that you're getting out of, first it was club footy and now coming back into FPC. How important do you think that is in terms of your performance looking at the next few weeks? Oh, I think like it's so important that you enjoy what you do and um, I guess you know we play rugby because 
we enjoy the game, but I think for me, like what makes um, playing in these teams so special is the people around me. You know, we we go through a lot of things together, um, especially in Auckland. You know, we, we see the, the rise and the falls of your teammates and you're often there for a lot of it. And, um, yeah, it's just a special time that, you know, you get to spend with your mates and whilst playing the game that you love. So, yeah, that's probably probably it. Oh, so I guess one of the other big changes for the women's game this year is you've had a super rugby competition at the start of the year. Have you noticed a difference now to how the players maybe value getting back into teams like the Auckland Farrah Palmer? Obviously, you've got your super stuff at the start and that's all great and it's obviously the best of the best. Is You mentioned the enjoyment factor. Does it feel like you're coming back to your home a little bit when you come back to the Auckland team now? Yeah, definitely. Like I love um, I love grassroots level so much. And um, if you look across the squad, like a lot of the there's 13 players from my club team in the Storm. So it, feel, it feels like I'm pulling on a blue and black um, jersey. You know, playing with so many of those girls. But yeah, we played a lot of rugby together. And um, for us, like from this, what comes is they will start um, picking for the Opiki for next season. So there's also that, like that girls are trying to put their hand up for as well. So um, yeah, that must add quite an element of I don't know if it's pressure, maybe intrigue. I guess when you look at how many of these of your team and the other teams, of course, are looking to put their hands up not just for the Black Ferns but for these Opiki teams, does it add another element of kind of intrigue, of interest, of of excitement in the group? Yeah, definitely. Like, there's just so many different um, pathways that you can you can head down now for our sport and it's really cool you know across each squad there's a lot of really young girls and for them to be exposed to these um we call it high performance um environments so for them to be exposed to that so young it's kind of putting in their mind nice and early that you know rugby is something that they can continue with and there's lots of opportunities for them if they stick at it First up, uh, the Auckland Storm taking on Counties Monaco at Western Springs Stadium tomorrow afternoon. What's the challenge there? Um, I think the challenge is they've got a really big, strong, powerful pack. So for us, we're probably going to have to look to move them around quite early. Um, You know, we've got some real firepower in in our backs. So the sooner we can unleash them, um, the sooner we can... (laughs) start getting on top but I think we're going to need to um, front up in the full pack for sure because counties are physical um, and you know you know a lot of those girls you play club with them throughout the year so um, there's going to be a lot of friendly fire going on <laughs> and um, looking to lay out our, mate, our mates first. <laughs> and we are wishing you all the very best with that Eloise do get down uh, if you are around and support those teams down at Western Springs Stadium tomorrow afternoon Eloise Blackwell thank you so very much for your time all the best for tomorrow thanks guys thanks for having me see you later um, it will be a good year I think it will be a really really interesting FPC year and of course things will always uh change a bit when Black Ferns are taken in and out for the Laurie O'Reilly series, which is a couple of tests against Australia in August, things like that, and when World Cup selection gets closer. So I think it's just going to be quite fascinating to follow. And I'm presuming we are starting earlier with the Farrah Palmer, so we are finished in time for the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be good. But Canterbury also stacked. Waikato, very good side. Like Eloise said, Wellington looking good as well. 
So heaps on, heaps on. All right, uh, we will take a short break now. When we get back, we'll be announcing Beaver's Best. You are back on the run home on SENZ. As we wind down the uh, the we run home tonight, just gone 6.46 this evening. Beave, you are keeping across your Beaver's Best there? Yeah, I've actually, I've actually come up I've come up with my winner for Beaver's Best, but I'm just, we're just watching Foxy out here on uh, Fox Tracker, mm-hmm. and he's up to hole five, and he's still even for the day. He is getting looks at birdies. Just no, no not sitters. You're probably looking at twenty feet for most of these. Yeah. Most of these. They'd be good birdies. They'd, be, well, they'd bring the house down uh, here in the run home studio, but he's just missing them. But apart from that, Kim, he is playing unbelievable. He's driving massive. Um, his approach shots. He's he's hitting greens. He's just uh, he's just not dropping them at the moment. So he's hoping he just gets on a bit of a run soon because uh, everything's when you look. At the conditions at the moment, I'd say they're in his favour. And when you think about the all the chat, yeah, as the day wears on, as the wind comes up, you don't want to miss out on these early tee off times. They uh, they're the ones you want. Yeah, there are a few parkers and things out already on the course, yeah, and like you say, if conditions do worsen as expected, could very much play. If he if he just has a solid front nine, yes then he's probably looking okay, hopefully. Oh, Fingers oh, crossed. Oh, Please don't jinx him. No, there's no doubt he's going to be in the, he's going to be in the weekend. It's just uh, there's a chance here if, he, if some of his birdies go, he could be well and truly on his way. But, hey, without any further ado, uh, we haven't been able to get a hold of our winner, but our winner today is a gentleman called Carlos from Christchurch. I didn't actually Woo. read his bet before I'd actually seen Carlos from Christchurch, and I just thought that's great irony because Christchurch people – didn't like one guy called Carlos, <laughs> and I just thought that's quite... I was so curious about where you were going with that. I just thought that's fantastic irony, uh, <laughs> because there was a guy from uh, called Carlos who infuriated some people in Christchurch, but I thought, you know what, that's, I enjoy that, and the fact is Christchurch has had one hell of a week this week, and uh, I thought, wait, what better way to add to the party than to give them a Beaver's Best winner this Woo-hoo. weekend, and he will be a winner, because... His bet, Carlos's bet, was uh, a minus five and a half point start for Eloise's team, actually. The, uh, the oh, should be happy to hear that. The Auckland Storm. So I didn't want to know if five and a half was enough from Eloise because I thought probably can't ask her that question. Coward. But we, uh, we've got her in there. And on top of that, funny enough, I reckon this was, shows the power of the run home. The Warriors' 17.5 points head start has come into 16.5 points start. I think people have been Ooh, listening to that and okay. piled in on it. So obviously we've got some heavy hitters listening to a run home, but I've still chucked it in. I think the Warriors will get within 16 points of the Eels without a shadow tonight at $1.90. And then I've gone a little, I've gone what I think is, what I'd like to say is a sitter of a power play for us All Black fans. I've gone them to an indi- both individual halves at two bucks. I've locked that in. Kim's looking at me like 
she's not really a New Zealander. Um, <laughs> just like her, her other co-worker, who she doesn't actually work with, but it's my co-worker who actually put money on Ireland last week. So you can't trust the people well, you work with here well, on the run. When we say trust, Beef, mm-hmm. did she win or did she win? She won, yes. Yeah. And the fourth leg of my multi is one that I've signposted earlier on in the evening. England to beat Australia at the SCG in the decider, paying two bucks thirty. So that fifty bucks is on a multi with odds of sixteen sixteen, and therefore when you put a fifty bonus bet on that for Carlos from Christchurch, he will win eight hundred and eight dollars and forty five cents. Come Monday, we will be ringing up and reminiscing about a job well done. And I wonder if I just hit the uh, place bets on this so we don't forget this, uh, Jacob, because it's on the computer with a bit of odds on it, a bit, um, of, bit of kitty. What, which account is that? It's the SCNZ Radio one. Oh, okay. Is that the one that we normally use? Don't know. Yeah, um, I don't think it is. Yeah, no. let's trust Beav with the technology. Um, That's a great well, I know idea. There's, there's actually, yeah. I mean, you should look at the account balance before placing the bet. There's enough in there. Oh, there is. Okay, well... um. Am I hitting place or is this oh, set up for the guys tomorrow no, morning? No, I think it might be for the um, Good Oil show, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. We will remember Carlos. And what I also liked about Carlos is he actually texted in uh, a little bit earlier as well with one of my favourite. Oh, Hang Beef on. has his hand up. Beef has his hand up. Go. I've got to the bottom of it. Uh, I went to the bonus bet and $50 SENZ Beaver's multi. Put it on. Done. Put it on. Boom. Now Carlos will get to your other text. Now that Beef has sorted the computer, the newfangled technology Place on the computer. Bits. Oh, for goodness sake. We don't need you to talk it through. <laughs> right. <laughs> we love the jitsi. <laughs> oh, Carlos said, hi, Kim and Beef. Why isn't Beef nicknamed the Don? It means the boss in Italian, the head of the family. It's very befitting of your stature in all black history. Has beautiful connotations with the mafia. Re, the Godfather. I can see you sitting in the studio with your black pinstripe fedora suit with black hat with mm. white trim. It's exactly and you know right. what, Carlos? Sometimes it does feel like I'm working for the mafia in here. So it's interesting <laughs> that you say that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I just I don't know where to go with that, Kim. <laughs> That's all right. You just um, get your black pinstripe suit on. Is that all I'm missing? Well, and the fedora. Okay. Yeah. And the the hat with the white trim. You want what's, that? A, what's a fedora? I thought the fedora was a hat. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a hat. It's um the the one that goes all the way around. Yeah. Um, the know. broad brim. Yeah. Oh, is it called that? I don't know. Well, I, I know my fedora. In cricketing sense. The bro- no, not that. that no, 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 no. The no, fedora's no. tinier. And it fits sort of like on the top of your head. Oh yes. Bit. I'm sure you're uh, trying to think of someone famous that's Danny DeVito used to wear them? Uh, I'll look it up, hold on. Just, right, a we'll going on. Just, a, just a bit of admin going Just a bit of admin. More technology. What's That's your- fine. Anyway, congratulations, Carlos, for both the uh, text comparing Beav to the Mafia uh, and the Beaver's Best. And let it be known that they were independent of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Can confirm Danny DeVito's fedora is the one Beav's talking about. Thank you very much. There we go. Have some faith. Have some faith. You're a Danny DeVito fan. No, he was the first guy I thought of when I was hearing that hit explained, to be fair. What's your weekend got in store for you, Kim? Right, so work, a lot of work. But outside of work, which all involves sports, so that's fine, uh, I think tonight I will probably go home, make some dinner, settle in with some golf. Yes. Tomorrow night, rushing around to future father-in-law's place to watch the rugby. Fantastic. After work. 
uh, will then probably go back to mine to watch the second game of rugby. Yes. Uh, because you can't not on a weekend like this, frankly. Um, and then it'll be Sunday and I'll be at work again. <laughs> I, leave an, I lead an enthralling life, Beef. What you, about you? You need a bit of Kim time. Well, I've found out that apparently we're off to the snow this weekend. Oh. And... How's reception for the ruggers at the snow? Yeah, I'm not sure. And I've also been given the great news that on a Friday evening, I'm getting sent into a department store that we all know very well and to get the kids some warm clothes for the snow. So wish me luck, people. I may or may not be here on Monday. (laughs) TBC, TBC. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Kim and Beave here on the run home on SENZ. Do hope you enjoy the weekend ahead. Fingers crossed for a result in our favour. Up the ABs, let's go. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.